up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We are a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We'll look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in my girl, Kate. Kate, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. How are you, brother? Oh, been feeling better, <laughs> but other than that, not too bad. That's good. Glad to hear it. Next, we've got Pete. Pete, glad to have you with us. Hey there. Calling in for my Dalmatian plantation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually have Dalmatians? Uh, I have two cats that have like, spots. <laughs> so no. Okay. Count. Totally no. counts. Totally no. counts. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> totally counts. And last but not least, we've got Steve. Steve. Hi, everyone. Hey. Yes. And I did have a Dalmatian. You have a oh, Dalmatian? Wow. I did have a Dalmatian growing up. Gotcha. Wow. Well, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, share. We are on all social medias at uh, Plus Platoon. If you do that, you will never miss a new episode or anything else we talk about. Because sometimes we've got some special stuff that comes in through the middle of the week. It's true. So, this week, we are on our 101st show. We had to do 101 Dalmatians. That's why we did this today. Oh, no. I didn't even <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, kind of the connection there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my first question is, this is the, now this is the original 1961 version, the animated version. And I'm going to start with Pete on this one. What was spot on? What was good about this movie? Um, I think there's a lot good about this movie. I I do like the story. Um, I think that I like, I think Cruella makes a pretty good villain. Um, I think they do a good job with the villains, her and Horace and Jasper of not make, think, making them too threatening because I mean, let's face it. The idea of turning dogs into coats is pretty awful, but you never feel like, there's not really a point at which you feel like they're going to win. You know, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're so bumbling and even Cruella, they're so bumbling. So I, I think that it's like just the right level of kind of tension that, a, 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 you know, a family can watch it and not be too scared that this lady is going to make dogs into coats. Um, so I and, and I like the characters. They're fun. Pongo and Pedita are pretty well fleshed out as, as characters. Um, the puppies, not so much, uh, obviously with 101 puppies, they try to focus on like two or three of them. And, um, you know, that's good. Great song. Uh, it's not, it's certainly not a musical. There's really, um, what the two songs I think, or is there a third song? Too? Officially there's three songs. I can't think of what the third one is, but this is one of the very few Disney movies from this period, or one of the only Disney movies from this period with fewer than four songs. Yeah. 
and and really the the main one obviously is Cruella de Vil, right? Very classic, classic Disney song. So uh, that song itself is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a neat little story. Uh, animation's done well. Um, there's a, there's a few things that kind of, but, um, but I'll, I'll stick with that for what I think is done well. And I'll kick it over to Steve and let him add some stuff. So growing up, this is one of my favorite all time movies. I remember watching it in the theaters, but also I had it on, um, the record player because we had the audio version that my brother and I used to play all the times that told the entire story through audio. Um, I agree with um, Pete that Krilla DeVille is probably one of those all-time favorite villains where you know she's evil, but not to the point where she's really scary. I mean, like, just over that over-the-top thing. Um, I also love Canine Crunchies. That always just cracks me up. And I think it's Rolly, the one who always says, I'm hungry, mama, throughout the movie. Um, just totally enjoyed it. Um, watching it now as an adult, because I hadn't watched it in years, is so many plot holes, but we could talk about that on the next question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Derek, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's cute. Um, as as Pete said, Pongo and Padita, very flushed out, very good characters. Uh, very well developed characters, very much characters the audience will connect with, especially if you're a parent. Um, as far as Cruella Deville can either be a good or bad thing that I would say it's in the top five Disney earworms of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was fine. I love the fact this was the first use of Xerox technology in. Uh, animation where they literally would take an animation of a puppy and make photocopies of it and just layer them all on, which is why a bunch of them have the same number of spots and the same motions. So, um, but, but can you really blame them when they had to do 101 of them? Oh, no, that, I think that's <laughs> the only way it could have been made. <laughs> I think that's the only way it could have been made and had it come anywhere close to having any chance of breaking even. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I should say 99 of them because there were only 99 puppies. There were 99 puppies, yes. Yeah. Um, I. It's interesting that this is actually a movie that Disney, that Walt Disney himself did have a hand in somewhat crafting, but not really because at this point he was well into Disneyland. Um, it's interesting that this is actually copyright 1960 even though it came out in January of 61. So they actually finished it in 1960. So just that little juxtaposition there. Uh, It's also the first one that had one story writer, which was Bill Pete. Mm -hmm. So all of the ones before this and after this had were considered by multiple writers. So a lot works for this movie. Yeah. Kate, what worked for you on this? So I have not watched this movie in probably over 20 years. I think because there, there are, there are um, snippets that like there's certain quotes that I remember that I actually quote all the, one of them I quote all the time and no one ever knows what I'm quoting and I'll say it here in a second. Um, I thought this movie held up 
over time. I even, when I put it on, um, I was even intrigued just by the animation of the opening credits and how they animated the opening credits, which I was like, this is so dumb. This is just the credits. And yet I'm here just like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. Go ahead. Did it remind anyone else of Monsters, Inc.? Yes, 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 it did. So um, I loved it. I love how it is narrated by Pongo. And from most of it's narrated by Pongo. Sure, the characters are flushed out. Sure, they're very, um, they're very uh, vanilla, for lack of a better term. Sure, but I really enjoyed this movie. I felt like it held up. Um, I actually didn't notice the plot holes as much, but I probably should go back and rewatch it again to catch those. I think Cruella Deville is a terrifying villain. Um, just especially when she's driving the car, car and she's got the crazy eyes, <laughs> uh, just terrifying. Um, Horace and Jasper, Jasper remind me so much of the bad guys from Home Alone. Yeah. Like I just kept thinking of the bad guys from Home Alone, and so that cracked me up. But I, I just I and. I saw a lot of um, Derek. Can you look this up really quick? What year? What was the time difference between this and Robin Hood and Robin the Aristocats? Hood. I want to know the three of those. The oh, time. What was the timeline between Robin Hood, the Aristocats, and um, and and Hunter One Dalmatians? Okay. Robin Hood was seventies, I think. No, uh-uh. Robin Hood Aristocats is nineteen seventy. Okay. Robin Hood was. Oh, I just had it. 73. No. Yeah. And yeah, this was 67? Yeah, 73. This was That's 61. what I just said. 70. 61. Okay, so yeah. because yeah. I noticed uh, what I felt like was a lot of the same style of animation um, like in the uh, like the, the goose or the, the goose that was talking. You see um, that goose yeah. in Robin Hood and in Aristocats. And um and stuff like that. I think that Cruella DeVille is such an earworm. Um, what other songs? Are, it's, that's the only one, right? Nine Crunchies. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just, <laughs> listen, if they made a spinoff of just the puppies, I would probably watch it and love it. And they probably have already done that. Isn't um, there, there was a Disney kids show recently probably on Disney probably, and it probably wasn't as good uh, my favorite line in the whole thing is when Rolly goes I think it's Rolly or maybe it's Lucky goes but my paws is froze and my nose is froze and my tail is froze and my toes is froze and I quote that every time I am cold <laughs> and no one ever knows what I'm talking about so uh, I love this movie I loved it the third song is the Canine Crunchies theme. It's Cruella de Vil, Dalmatian Plantation, and Canine Crunchies are the three songs in this. So I will say in the there's like background music playing. It's not one of the songs in that background music. That is part of the BGM somewhere at Walt Disney World because I was like, I heard this song. But it's it wasn't like a song song. It was it was like the background music of a song. I would guess somewhere on Main Street. Probably. Probably. Anyway, that was my thought. I love it. I thought it held up. Okay. Um, okay, so that's what worked. Now, what from this movie came straight from Hell Hall? What from this movie did not work? 
Steve. Um, there's just watching as adults. There are so many plot holes. Um, just first the idea of someone who would be um buying and kidnapping um 99 puppies to make up for a coat and no one is saying anything. Um also how she just shows up the minute they're born and um they have spots because we don't think about Dalmatian puppies, they don't get their spots right away. Um, I think that came out later. Um Except Steve, I'm, I'm going to correct you on that one because, because they actually oh, that's right. say no, they're all white. What's wrong? Oh, that's right. She it? picks them up and, and they, she and they say they get their spots later. Uh, that's right. But guess how she knows them that they've been born that minute and she's there to collect the puppies. Um, just the idea of of here's this sort of these unemployed songwriter who all of a sudden gets a big hit and they move into a house next to the park house (laughs) penthouse and um and then all of a sudden oh yeah we're going to adopt 99 puppies sure let's do that (laughs) um but i mean as a kid i just went with it i mean i think if you look at a kid's part you just brush over that but as an adult you're going huh doesn't quite all add up yeah. What would you say? Um, oh, hey. So there's a technique known as rotoscoping, which is essentially you take the animators would take live action versions of what was happening and not trace them into the characters, but trace it into being the characters and how they acted. There's a reason that, like, in several of the, it, there's a reason Snow White Dance is the same as Maid Marian. It's because they use the same rotoscope of someone dancing the dances are literally you could lay them over the top of each other and they're the same Mm. there are times when that works the incredibly jarring part for me was when she is trying to get up that snow hill where you can tell what they basically did is they took the pictures of film of a car going up and just colored it in blue and it was just really jarring to me Hmm. Um, also, other than Pongo and Perdita, there's not much there there. There's, it's, it's a very superficial story. Um, you don't get a lot of character development. There's nothing big and huge that draws you in. Um, I will say, I think Cruella DeVille is probably the second most evil villain in the Disney catalog. <gasps> I wonder if I can guess the first one. Um, uh, Frollo. Wrong. Oh no! There is no more evil than Frollo. Maleficent. Maleficent. She didn't get invited. She's she's totally yeah. She's totally uh. She's totally right. I don't think I don't think Maleficent is is evil at all. She didn't get invited to the thing. Yeah. She's fully fully within her rights to be made. I I yeah. No. Maleficent is even below Scar. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maleficent has no redeeming qualities at all. <laughs> but That's she, um, she didn't kill anybody. She tried. <laughs> <laughs> tried a lot. She's got demons and henchmen working for her. I mean, come on. What, what more do you want? <laughs> True. But um, also, keep me some information. She did not do the voice, but the act because what they would do Disney would essentially do a live action film version of the entire movie for their animators to reference 
The live action reference for Cruella DeVille is one of the great character actresses, scenery chewers of all time, the late great Mary Wicks. Um, for those of you who don't know, okay, if you've seen White Christmas, she's the old innkeeper. The, <gasps> really? She's yeah. Emma? Yes. She is in uh, the music, the original Music Man. But she's one of those where always like little things like she always has a little handkerchief so your eyes get drawn to her. If, if the camera is paying it's she is one of the great scenery chewers of all time. Mm. So and she um, did the voice of no, she did the voice, she did the voice of one of the like the swan or something, one of the swans or something like that. Mm. But she was the live action reference for Cruella Deville. She is the one who which I can see her going completely over the top on everything. I can see that. So, but my biggest criticism was, you know, the there's not much there there for this. There, there. What what didn't work for you? Yeah, so I went into this movie um, a little nervous because I remember when we watched Peter Pan and I I didn't remember it, uh, how it came back or it was. And I was like, oh God, Please, God, don't let there be just like terrible references and just and I didn't feel like there were, but I feel like I went into it very nervous about that. Um, And I'm happy to say that it didn't do that as much as I thought. I got real nervous when the dogs were like, let's just roll in soot. And I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, wait, this isn't that's not the same thing. Like, not not racist, not not the same thing as blackface. So we're fine. Um, But. I did notice, and I had to keep going. Okay, it's a sign of the times. It's a, it, this is a sign of that time period, that culture. There wasn't. There's no characters of color. None, like none. Well, like it's yeah. very vanilla. But again, that was that. That was that time period, and that was that tended to be what a lot of the Disney studio was doing then. So it's not that's not really this movie's fault. That's just something that stood out to me. Um, and I agree with you, Derek, that it 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 was very it is very vanilla. And I wish that there was a little bit more of the puppies and the puppies' personalities more um, m- more with like their storyline, like maybe a little bit more about Lucky. And um, it, it made me sad that, of course, the one chunky puppy is named Rolly and all he does is ask for food. Like, it was like, oh, man, <laughs> of course, but you just fall in love with him and he's just you just want to snuggle him. So um, I don't have a lot bad to say about this movie. I didn't find anything like horribly offensive or anything like that. But you're right. it It is very surface level, very surface level. So. So, so unlike all of you, I had a daughter that I think I've said this before. She she would get into movies and watch them a lot. This was a movie she watched a lot. So not, not as bad as some, but I'm sure I've seen this a few dozen times. Um, And I would say uh, the, the, the plot very thin, as I said, I agree with what you guys are saying, but particularly from the point the puppies get kidnapped to when they escape that kind of middle section is very slow moving of the story. I yes. think once, I think once Pongo and Perdita 
get to the puppies and help them escape. I think it picks up really nicely. I think that last section is is much better than that middle. Like the, the opening part, the the meat cute stuff, uh, the having the puppies born, like setting everything up, that works well. The end works well. I think the middle is just very, you know, there's lots of other dog characters that you don't really care about and then they just disappear anyways um so i think i think there's a a very soft middle act in this in this movie that makes it kind of draggy uh especially if you end up watching it a lot um you know on on the on the short watch it's fine um the other thing i would say and it's not this movie's fault we talked about the animation and one of the big things and you can correct me if i'm wrong derek but i'm pretty sure i'm right on this the movie before this was Sleeping Beauty, yes. which came out in 1959. Big, beautiful animation. And bombed. Lost a ton of money. And with that, Disney, not Walt Disney, but Disney Studios went and said, we got to start making these movies cheaper. This movie was pretty successful. But to me, you can see it in the animation. And it's that, 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 that. Uh, dark line drawing. They were talking about the photo, you know, that they were using like photocopying and things like that. I think from here forward through the seventies, the animation quality of Disney movies stagnated. Um, I would look- argue until Beauty and the until the Little Mermaid Beauty and the Disney Renaissance. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah the animation was terrible. Well, yeah. I, I mean. Yeah. No. It yeah, was. I, yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty much, it got a little better with the fox and the hound, but um, but I would definitely say from this point through the seventies, it's almost impossible to tell the period from of the movies from the animation or the like the year because it's just kind of all the same, and it's not this movie's fault, but this was the first movie that this happened to, and so I. It's fine animation, but there's nothing really that draws you to it other than there's a lot of black and white. (laughs) No, no, there wasn't. It was black and gray because Disney (laughs) actually found that if they did the Dalmatians as pure white, right? Well, across is too bright on the screen. Yeah. So, makes sense. The Dalmatians are actually gray. Yeah. Also, so thinking about. You know, Disney loves to reuse actors and actresses, voice actors. Where had you heard the voice of the maid before? Oh, of the maid? I thought you were going to ask of the mom. Of of, um, Of the maid. Was she she in... um, She wasn't from Mary Poppins, was she? No. That's what I was going to guess. Nope. She was Mad Madame Mim. Oh, we have to watch oh. that. That it's needs on, to be on our list. It is on the list, Kate. It's not coming up soon, but it is on the list. We yes, also need to never watch. Please, we need to never watch Fox and the Hound because I'll just cry the whole time. That's that's up there along with the Black Cauldron as far as a meh. We need to not watch it because no. I'll cry. Yeah. So, but yeah, she was. Um, voice of Mad Madam M because you hear it and you go I know I've heard that voice before see and I thought that mm. about um, the wife not Perdita Anita Anita. Anita. I thought that about Anita but I couldn't place and I I never looked it up so I'll look it up right now Um, does this movie take place in London yes it does yes 
Why does I'm no one have a none of the major characters have a British accent? Because you're being awfully picky. <laughs> and supposedly, I don't know if it's true that um some dogs from Lady and the Tramp appear yes. in the Twilight oh, Bark. Egg. Yes. You got Egg and the Bulldog in the in the shop window. And then there's a couple of the uh Jacques is in there as the yes. Scotty. So yes, uh, that is that is very, very true. Um if I remember right, uh, voice actress who does uh, Anita is uh, by the name of Lisa uh, Linda Davis. Sorry, Lisa Davis. I believe she is the narrator to Cinderella. The narrator of Cinderella. And I also know that um, the same guy who does the game show host is the narrator for Peter Pan. Huh. So... I do know that part. I that one I do know. So, okay. We always do one question that is kind of a an out there put you on the spot type thing and I'm going to go with this one. Okay. So, as far as parental uh, parental complete unit, yes, I realize our choices are fairly limited. Okay? <laughs> Not but our punk so I'm going to go best parental Best parental influence within a movie. Are Pongo and Perdita the best Disney animated parents? Kate, you're shaking your head and you get to go first. Who is? Well, so this was hard because there aren't very many. <laughs> if you go with pairs, you've got the darlings. I have my answer. I have my answer. Uh, no. Um, uh, Mufasa and Sarabi. Why? My opinion. I think there. I think I. I love that. That was also. Now you can say everyone that there is because no. I couldn't come up with very many. There's Mufasa, Robbie. There are the darlings, and there are the darlings, and there are the darlings because you've got the darlings in Peter Pan. So the parents in Peter Pan, and you've got Darling and Jim Deer in Lady and the Tramp. Oh sweet God. Well, they're not good parents because they almost let their child get eaten by a rat and by cats. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying they are a complete parental unit. Yes. I mean, but those are the only ones. Yeah. I mean, I guess I looked really far forward. I think Duchess is a pretty good parent in the Aristocats, but there isn't a dad until what's his name? The, the, Thomas O'Malley, O'Malley the Alley Cat. Actually, though, that's a good one because he becomes a, a yeah. stepfather. So uh, that's not a um, bad one. But yeah, I mean, and I had to because I didn't think of the darlings because they're hardly in that mm -hmm. movie at all. And uh, I haven't seen Lady and the Tramp in ages. Um, so Mufasa and Sarabi were really. But I guess that's really far forward. That's really far in the future. From the movies we were looking at. So I would probably go. Oh, excuse me. But they are animated Disney parents. So that is. I would say Duchess. Era. Duchess and Thomas O'Malley from uh, Aristocats. Pete, what about you? Well, I mean, Derek points out there aren't a lot of good ones out there. And. But, okay. So if there's not a good pair, are they better than any of the single parents? Well, I see I was I was going to go with it's kind of a cheat. But what about Bob and Helen Parr from The Incredibles? That was one Pixar. of my thoughts too. 
but I think they're pretty good parents. They really try to help their kids. And I mean, they struggle, but I think that I think like as far as parental Incredibles one or Incredibles two, because I think there's totally different answer on those. Um, there's a totally different answer if you're talking Incredibles one or if you're including Incredibles two. So you're saying they're better parents in Incredibles two? No, I'm saying they're better parents in Incredibles one. Okay. Well, I think no, I think I think Bob really tries to do a good Uh job with Bob tries. Yeah, Bob tries. Well, Helen's being Helen's trying to make it safe for. Anyways, we're getting off topic. So, (laughs) so they're they're only sort of they're Pixar parents, but they're under the Disney umbrella. Um, I think there's a good argument for Pongo and Perdita. Um, I think a lot. There's a lot of bad parenting in Disney (laughs) movies uh, amongst the amongst the parents that are. Uh, remain alive throughout the movies uh, when you go through them you know I, you think about like King Triton he's not a particularly good parent and <laughs> you think about uh, Belle's dad Maurice crazy old Maurice oh, um, I love Maurice <laughs> but and is I he a good parent? N- no and whatever she wants <laughs> his daughter even though she's an outcast i was about to say but what about the sultan with um jasmine oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no 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 marriage so it's probably not great no and he trusts the bad he trusts the bad guy <laughs> probably not great yeah so yeah no there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of particularly bad parenting in disney movies so you know the 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 uh the bar is set pretty low here uh what about you steve you have something else oh nothing else i think i would put um mufasa and sarabi Sarabi above um pongo and perdita but i mean come on they become foster parents to do what 80 um 84 like foster puppies like a spur of a moment so um i'm gonna go with mufasa and sarabi I'm going to stick with Pongo and Perdita. I'm going to stick with Pongo and Perdita because to me, Mufasa, yes. Sarabi. There's an argument to be made. She's not that great of a mother. Well, she gives him a bath. Yeah, she gives him a bath, but that's it. <laughs> she tells him not to go to the elephant graveyard. But I mean, as far as, you know, anything else, the fact that you know she's horrified and almost back scar when she finds out that he quote unquote killed Mufasa when when that she was backing away from Simba when he says, Yes, I killed him. And the fact that she she and all her lionesses back up from Simba on that one is a major character flaw for Sarabi to me. Um, whereas Pongo and Perdita, yes, they are not the most developed characters. But the one thing they have is an absolute and complete utter devotion to making sure their children are cared for and safe. Yeah. And that is never in question in the movie. Even when they leave, you know, the fact that the kids get stolen while they're on a walk, anyone who has a dog knows that has nothing to do with them wanting to be with their puppies. It's, you know, they got to do the dog. The dog's got to go for a walk. And they left their dog with the nan, their, their puppies with the nanny. So I would argue, as a parent, 
I don't see a flaw with Pongo and Perdita. I think they are comp- 100% completely devoted to their children. So, now, interesting fact. So, I was sitting at the uh, boardwalk pool at Disney World, and they were doing a name the Disney character. And the answer was Perdita. And the cast members, none of the cast members at the pool knew who Perdita was. It's the mama dog. I understand that. But (laughs) none of the cast members at the pool knew who Perdita was. And I was... These millennials. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, but... Also, this caught me off guard in the movie. They kept calling all of the the puppies the Pongos. Because it's like, okay, you know why? Because in the original story, it's Pongo and Mrs. Pongo are actually the names of the are actually the names of the dogs. Ew. Disney actually unlike how they sometimes do things, Dick, Disney actually gave Perdita her own first name. Um. In the book, it's just called Mrs. She's just called Mrs. Hmm. But I mean, you know, in a traditional family, the kids take the father's name. Sure, but I guess I thought, what, what is, what, what are the parents' last names? The actual, the the, the humans. Um, Roger. For some reason, I thought they were also darlings, but that's no. Um, Radcliffe. Last name is Radcliffe. Wow. Yeah. And yes, I, I did have to Google that one. Wow. <laughs> so, um, because I don't think they say it in the show. Part part of me also wonders with the him getting the song "Cruella de Vil" published on the radio. Wouldn't she hear that? And yes, about that one. Yes. Um, and the fact. They don't actually completely get rid of the villain in this story. No, she doesn't die or anything. She doesn't die. She, who, what's to stop her from going and getting more puppies? Yeah. I mean, in reality, what's to stop her from going in? Nothing. This is about the only one where the villain does not truly 100% go away. Yeah, she really, so, she really I mean, her, if, if her, this, her end is that her car crashes and she's I mean, stuck on the side of the road. The That end of this has every making of a Marvel movie where the villain doesn't really die. The villain will come back at some point later. Marvel movies kill their villains a lot, actually, but... Eh, but I'm just saying, this movie, in theory, set up for a sequel with the fact that she never actually died. But um, it's also interesting, so this was based on a book, and the author of the book actually said that when she saw the Disney version, that Disney improved on her book, which is one of the very few times that that has actually happened within Disney stories. Now, part of it helps that most of Disney stories that they did the movies of, the authors are long dead. (laughs) But this is one of the few where the author actually said, this movie is better than my book. Wow. Yeah, I heard the the book was not much to it. So no. No, the book has even less to it than the movie does. Yeah. But the whole where she where he rubs the dog and brings it back to life mm-hmm. actually happened with the author and her husband, which is why oh. it was in the book, which is why it was in the movie. I used to oh. take like little pieces of like cloth and rub them when I was a little kid and pretend that I did that too. 
Oh, I did that. That's real. So, okay. Did they ever stay dead or did they come back? To no, they always came back. As we always do with our movies that we review, we're going to rate it in number of pix- cups of pixie dust out of five. Kate, you're up. How many cups of pixie dust on this one? Oh, I'll give it a four. Wow. I didn't have anything bad to say about it. It was vanilla, yeah, but it kept my attention the whole time, and it was a walk down memory lane. I can't give it a five because it's no Toy Story, but I enjoy the music, what little music there is. I enjoyed it. I'll give it a four for now until I hear what you jokers give it, and then I might think. <laughs> um, I'm giving this one a three. It, it's it's kind of in the middle for me. It's not a, it's not a, one of my favorites. It's not great. Uh, it's not bad. Um, so it, it kind of falls to me, right? Right. Kind of in the middle of the rating scale. I would, it's not that I wouldn't watch it again, but um, you know, it's not one I'm going to go back to a ton. So uh, three. And I'm like Pete. Um, it was a favorite growing up mainly. I think cause we listened to it on the, the, um, audio recording all the time, so I'm going with like a strong three. Okay, were your okay? I think I missed it. Were your audio recordings on the tape or the records? Record. The we records. had like we the had that, and we the big records. No, the big record. So it was the full audio version of the movie from beginning to end. Okay, awesome. Um, because I remember the ones that had the tape and had went along that went along with the little golden yeah. book. Yeah. Oh no, no, this was the full movie audio recording. Um. <laughs> Might still be at my parents' house, buried somewhere. I have no idea, but <laughs> um, and I'm going to go with a two and a half because again, it's fine. It was an okay movie. It was sure. I didn't dislike it, but I don't need to watch it again for another 25 years. That it's probably been since I, 25 to 30 years that it's probably been since I watched it the last time. Because honestly, the last time I probably watched it was whenever it came out in the 80s in the theaters because. For those of you who weren't aware, Disney used to actually re-release their stuff about every six or seven years in the theaters, which is how they kept stuff current. And it would almost always coincide with a McDonald's Happy Meal toys. That was when it was in, they had the DVDs in the vault. And like you couldn't okay. get DVDs until Kate. they were released from the vault. Okay, Kate, <laughs> this is before DVD. Before DVDs, yes. they would only release them in theaters every Oh, wow, really? Oh, often, yes. yeah. <laughs> wow, I, I saw, I saw yeah. the I saw this movie in the theater because yeah. it was a re-release. Or on I Wonderful World, still do that. Or on Wonderful World of Disney yeah. on Sunday nights. Oh yes, was your yes, other option? Yes. yes. Um, I wish they would still do that and release things in theater. So let me let me throw this is uh this is not in our notes, but let me throw this question out. Um, generally, we don't like live action remakes. But we fairly recently saw Cruella, which I would be well worthy to argue that wasn't a remake of this movie. It's the char- the same characters. See, I think Cruella 2 is going to be the remake of this movie. Well, if they, if they do it, right. Um, my question for the group is, which movie would you recommend or which movie would you rank higher? Cruella? Or 101 Dalmatians. And I have the notes here. So it's interesting to see what you guys would say. I would say. 
Okay, I'll go last. I, I, I would actually say Cruella. I think it was a nice um, sort of twist on the um, villain origin story. I mean, I, I guess they did it with Maleficent, but I really liked this one. Um, I'm curious about where she goes next to get to the point where she was in the movie. Because in the movie, she's like just completely gone off the deep end. But up to that point, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, so. I would put Cruella above this, um, except for okay. So I still remember from in Cruella they have the end credits scene where Cruella is the one that gives Roger and Anita each the Dalmatian puppies. She gives them Pongo and Perdita in the end credits scene, right? Which to me completely root. Re- ruins continuity with this movie well i think i'm i would argue that it probably isn't the same continuity because i don't see them taking the character of corella from the movies and having her be a dog killer but I would, okay yeah Pete, and i would agree with that but i remember my biggest issue was i loved i really enjoyed the cruella movie up until that in credit scene where it ruined the continuity with this movie right i would say it's still complete because he's also when he gets the puppy he's also already working on the Cruella DeVille song right so that continuity is what's is what bothered me but I still I would still put Cruella above this Kate how about you this is hard because I have trouble there they are such in my opinion it's it's like comparing apples and elephants like it's it's live action versus animated it's an origin story versus the original story like this is <sighs> I feel like I enjoyed 101 Dalmatians more than Cruella Oh this is hard I'm going to go with I'm going to go with 101 Dalmatians Pete you I, go And I would again generally don't like the remakes I did enjoy Cruella I would probably put it a little bit higher than this in terms of if I was, if someone said, which one would you rather watch? I'd probably say Cruella. Now, I will say there need to be no more live action remakes. <laughs> no, no more. No. No. Yeah, no, I don't want, I don't want remakes. And that's, I think part of the reason I liked Cruella because it really wasn't a remake. Right. Um, in fact, I wish they had taken it further from the original story than they did. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I will say what we just said holds track with what we rated Cruella. Really, um, Pete, Steve, and I all rated Cruella higher. You rated 101 Dalmatians higher, Kate. So there you I go. Mean, so that holds even from almost two years ago. So, okay, Kate, what do we got for the Disney Plus news? We've oh we've got stuff for the Disney Plus news that I'm gonna tell you. Remember that time when I clicked out of it because I was like, I know the Disney Plus news, I know everything. Here we go. Both the Mighty Ducks uh, series and Big Shot have been canceled after their second season. I am not surprised. Are any of you surprised no, with all no. the budget cuts oh. and everything? None. No one's no one's surprised. Even without um, budget cuts, neither one of those second seasons were good. Agreed. Yeah. Um. And lastly, according to Rosario Dawson, that's the only credit we have of who said this, who stars in the projects, the ha- the new Haunted Mansion movie will be moving to Disney Plus early fall. 
and Ahsoka will come in late 2023. This marks the first concrete dates we have heard for the series. And that's it. Now, I will say those aren't as big a spoilers as Tom Holland usually gives us. Yeah. <laughs> but fact. the fact that, you know, we are probably getting a, our second Star Wars series or our the other live action Star Wars series in late 2023 is significant to me. Yeah, we're supposed to get Skeleton Crew also in 2023 unless they decide to move it. But yeah, well, but. I haven't heard anything about that. And I think our producer in the background is saying summer of 2023 uh, for Skeleton Crew. Okay. But have not heard any updates on that. And with Disney trying to not lose over a billion dollars a quarter on Disney Plus, who knows? But yeah, but I, I don't I don't get why delaying a series saves them money because you've already spent the money on the series. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, okay, like, like not doing it, not producing as many series. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Marvel. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, they said they won't, they aren't going to. So good. Yeah. So next week we are going to be looking at a diamond in the rough. The It's this series, the magic of Disney's animal kingdom. This follows the veterinarians and the uh, cast members at Disney's Animal Kingdom as they are treating different animals and um, following them as the animals go through different things. Um, if you want to know specifically which episodes we're looking at, it's going to be season one, episode seven, and season two, episode two. But really, um, and Pete, you can give us a little bit more information on this. Those are fairly representative of the entire season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's no continuity. You don't have to watch them in order. Everyone is very self-contained. And I I recommended these. I haven't seen all of season two yet, but I thought both of these episodes were were pretty good representative episodes of the series. Um, The biggest difference between season one and season two is the narrator. Season one is narrated by Josh Gad. (laughs) And season two is narrated by someone i don't know the name <laughs> so uh, that's the main thing you'll notice if you watch these two episodes is the second the second season is missing a familiar voice <laughs> okay. that's fair mm-hmm. so guys that is next week thank you so much guys if you have shows that you want us to watch we've got some openings coming up in april and may uh, please email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com. We'd love your suggestions. And if you're the one that suggests a show for us to watch, love to have you on the show and you know talk to the platoon with us. Sure. Guys, we are on every episode release every Thursday on all major podcasting networks and on YouTube. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at plusplatoon.com. Plusplatoon. So with that, everyone, Kate, Steve, Pete, thank you so much. Gina, thanks for producing. And we will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Bye, everyone. Howdy, howdy, howdy. (laughs) Thanks for watching this week's episode of The Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to the Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcast and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to the Plus Platoon channel 
where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.